Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. There's many other gifts, but these are kind of like some primary ones, at least from 1 Corinthians 12 that were mentioned there and in Romans chapter 12 as well. But I just want you guys to have a hopefully a clear understanding of what these things are because you may have been able to pinpoint within there as I was defining some of those things like, well, that one sounds like me. Well, it might be you. So the best way to know to take it the next step, what's the next step? The next step is seek to apply the gift that you think you might have. Have you ever taken a spiritual gifts assessment test? Have you ever read through the list of gifts described in the New Testament? As Pastor James teaches us today, you're going to learn about each one and perhaps hear one that matches your skill, calling, and interest. There's lots of talk around the church about equipping for ministry, and this is certainly a part of that. Pastor James reminds us that if you're unclear on what your spiritual gift is, pray and ask the Lord to show you. True fulfillment awaits. Now here's Pastor James as he continues his message, Spiritual Gifts. Some people do have the gifts of miracles. We've seen that displayed. If you want to hear more stories about miracles taking place, then familiarize yourself with missions because that's where you're going to see a lot of that stuff. You know, read stories, read articles from missionaries, read newsletters from missionaries. Oftentimes they are recounting many times where the Lord has supernaturally shown up where it was humanly impossible. The scenario was humanly impossible and God showed up. Okay, sometimes he uses individuals and sometimes he just, he, he defies the laws of nature because he's not subject to laws of nature. So that's this gifts of miracles, strengths. It's having, it's compassionate. You have uh, compassion and great faith in God's ability. Okay, compassion for other people or something that's going on, but also a great faith in, in God's ability to fix anything and to solve anything. Like, there's no doubt about it. God can fix that. We talked about that with George Mueller with the orphanage and the bread and the milk that showed up. And we don't have any food for the orphans. He's like, yeah, well, God, I'll, I'll just go pray and that God will provide the bread. And the bread, the, the baker comes down and is like, I got all this bread. <laughs> you guys need this bread? Because I got all this bread. And he's like, okay, we don't have anything, no milk for the kids. Okay, I'm going to pray for the milk. And he prays for the milk and the milk truck breaks down in front of the orphanage. And the guy's like, look, it's all going to go bad. You guys need this milk? And they're like, that was, that was one man trusting in God's ability to do anything, to do anything. He had no control over it. Weaknesses, selfish. Selfishness, okay? Pride, false sense of security as well, okay? Just this element of like, sometimes with individuals who may have this gift, it's like, no, I'm good. I'm good, right? Because I can do this stuff or I have done this stuff. So that makes between me and the Lord, I'm okay. I'm okay. So it's this arrogance that, that kind of can come along with it. Like, I wouldn't be good if God wasn't doing these great miracles through me, right? So you could see that there's a puffed up pridefulness that can come along with that. Because again, with gifts of miracles, gifts of healing, gifts of faith, it can draw a lot of attention to the individual. 
And sometimes I can go to their heads thinking like, well, I wouldn't be able to do this if I wasn't like really good and strongly connected with God. Sometimes they have the worst relationships with God. Sometimes they do. So, and you got to remember, God can use anybody to work a miracle. He can use anybody to work. In fact, in the end times, let's get ready for this because it could be any day now. There will be a false prophet that comes onto the scene who works signs and wonders and miracles. So you got to be careful with that. You got to be careful with that. That is certainly is a weakness that goes along with that one. Let's move on. Prophecy. The spiritual ability to speak forth the mind and counsel of God. The prophets in the body of Christ were called to speak forth the word of God about present and future events, as well as edify, that's to build up, comfort and encourage believers within the body of Christ. So Acts chapter 21 is the reference for that. There's a prophet named Agabus, and he was used by God to deliver a word, a prophetic word to Paul basically with the, using his belt and binding his own hands and feet and saying, like, look, this is what's going to happen to you, Paul. So that, you know, that was displayed you know, multiple times throughout the book of Acts, this gift of prophecy. But it's speaking forth the mind and counsel of God. Strengths concerning this gift, it builds up the body, and it can convict nonbelievers okay, to give a, a word of prophecy. Most of the time, words of prophecy, I mean, it's just like a, a forth-telling or a proclaiming the word itself, all right? Sometimes it could be like, hey, like in that Acts chapter 21, hey, just a heads up, Paul, here's what's going to happen to you, okay? The Spirit has revealed to me what's going to happen to you. That can still happen in churches today, and it probably, I mean, there should be room for it, but it's just speaking forth the mind and counsel of God, the strength, builds up the body, convicts non-believers, weaknesses, again, pride, prone to puff up their hearers to gain popularity, so guys who deliver a prophetic word, what they would have to be cautious of if you have like the gift of prophecy, because more times than not, you'd have a, a platform to speak from, and it can get into your head of like, well, if I just tell them what they want to hear, then I'll gain more followers, and I'll be more popular, right? There you go. And that sometimes that's, that's like a perfect recipe sometimes on how to build a megachurch. Just tell people what they want to hear, and they'll keep showing up because you keep telling them what they want to hear. Now, they very well could have the gift of prophecy, but like with any of them, we can turn them inwardly and make them all about us. You should always be cautious, okay? Discernment. Spiritual ability to discern between spirit of evil and of God. The flesh and the spirit and truth and error before the fruit is evident, okay? So you may not fully know what fruit is on the tree, but you kind of you gotta have an understanding of like this person's no good. All right? Not suspicion, okay? That's that's not like that's not discernment. Just being suspicious of everybody is not the gift of discernment, okay? That's just not. All right. Acts chapter 16 is a reference for that. That was the slave girl who was following around Paul. And Paul, she had a demon. She was demon possessed, and Paul addressed that within her, okay? Diacrisis is the Greek there, to separate one from another, to divide, part, or distinguish. Strengths, quick to, rec- to recognize real from fake. Sensitive to their environment. Kind of read in the room. They understand and knowing who's in the room and maybe what people are really about. That's a gift of discernment. That's a good gift for anybody in law enforcement. Hey, yeah, to be able to know, like, eh, that's not a good guy. <laughs> that's not, yeah, you want people who have discernment, Okay. Especially nowadays, you got to have discernment. Weaknesses can be, can be viewed as suspicious, right? They're always suspicious of everybody, right? Well, there's probably a reason for that. 
They could also be viewed as judgmental, okay? I'm not saying that these people are this, but that's sometimes how they can be viewed, right? It's like, why don't you, what do you mean? What, why you got a problem with me? Why are you judging me? Well, I'm judging you because there's something wrong with you. Like, I don't, there's something like, like, I'm seeing some bad fruit on the tree, so to speak. Like, I don't trust you. It's not being judgmental, it's just being wise. But sometimes that can be the individual or they can be seen as that. They could, you know, err to the other side there, right? Sometimes it can be lacking in compassion as well, okay? So the next one here, helps, the gift of helps. Spiritual ability to come alongside others and support them in their ministry in physical ways. 2 Timothy 1.16 is the reference there. The Lord grant mercy to the household of this guy, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. He had the gift of, of helps, okay? There's many words in the Greek that can be used for, for helps. Diakonia, diakonio, diakonos, and it's the last one there, and, and tele, whatever. The one I can't say is the one it is. There you go. Of course it is, right? But Technically, what this means, it's help, it's service, it's ministry. They all mean that, okay? Strengths, quick to meet needs of other people. They're um, completists, right? They'll, start with the, they'll finish what they start most of the time. They're detail-oriented. Sometimes people who have the gift of helps, they're like, okay, so we can do this and this and this, right? And they start a project and they finish a project. But they're, and they're always quick to like, hey, you need something? You need some help? Boom, they're right there to help you out. Weaknesses, sometimes they're pushy. Some, if we're honest, sometimes they're pushy. <laughs> it's true. You're like, no, I'm going to help you. No, no, no I'm going to help you. Yeah, we're going to do it my way. We're going to do it this way. Okay, no. And you're like, okay, can you calm down, right? You're like, yes, I need help, but can you please calm down? Sometimes they, they can neglect their own, their own needs within their families because they're so busy helping other people, right? And it is very hard for them to accept help themselves. Yeah, okay? So that's this is a gift of, of helps. Gift of exhortation, able to encourage and urge others to put into action the things we know we should be doing. This is a good thing, an exhorter, somebody who can give the exhortation to people. Teachers, they need this, right? The reference here is from Acts chapter 4. It says, in Joseph, who, who was named also Barnabas by the apostles, a Levite of the country of Cyprus. Um, he is a son of encouragement, right? Those are kind of almost one and the same, exhortation, encouragement, Pericaleo is the word there, to comfort, to counsel, to exhort, to entreat. Strengths prescribes precise action steps, right? They're encouragers. They're like, okay, look, here's what you need to do. You do this, you do this, and you do this, and you're going to be okay, right? Sometimes you need that, right? And they're, they're there to, to cheer you on. They're kind of like cheerleaders in that sense. Weaknesses, they're easily frustrated, because you won't listen to them, right? And you won't apply the wisdom and knowledge that they've just dished out to you. Pride is also another one. These people sometimes are horrible listeners because they have solutions. They got the solutions to your problem. Like, no, 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 you don't have to tell me anymore. Here's what you need to do. You need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. And you're like, I wasn't done talking, <laughs> right? And they're like, eh, problem solved, moving on to the next one, right? Cool. Exhortation. We need that. We need that from the pulpit. We need like, hey, here's what you need to be doing. Stop doing this and start doing that, right? Like, we need that at times. Okay. Giving, the ability to give financially or materially above and beyond, right? Example, again, is from Acts chapter 4, verse 37. That is, it is again, dealing with Barnabas. Having land, he sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. 
Okay, he's the contrast to Ananias and Sapphira. They sold land and they held back and then they lied about it. Metadiomi or however you say that, but that's to give, to share, to impart strengths. They're perceptive. They're wise financially and they're compassionate. They can see a need and, and they know how to come alongside somebody just to bless them or to, or to help them out or, or give to a mission, missionary or something like that. They just, they, they just have, they're just so generous. They're just so generous, right? Weaknesses, manipulation, right? Because they can use that as like, hey, I'm going to give you this and I'm going to expect you to do this, right? And you're like, whoa, hold on now. Like, I appreciate the gift, but what? there's not supposed to be strings attached to this thing, okay? Because sometimes that can happen. There's also pride. There's just some, an element of pride can, can go along with that, okay? Next one here, leadership and slash administration, uh, spiritual ability to lead a group of people in a deep walk with the Lord, a great mission from God, or even within a church government, okay? The gift of administration is, well, especially when you're dealing with me, it is absolutely needed. <laughs> you need it in this church, and I don't have it. Um, so there you go. But Genesis chapter 41, that is obviously, that's a reference to Joseph, one of the greatest administrators to have ever lived, okay? Proestima, or estimai, however you say that, to stand before, to preside, to maintain, to be over, to rule. That's all, all within that one word there. Their strengths, they're responsible, they're good at delegation, and they're able to inspire, right? They're able to motivate. That's a, a good administrator is able to like, knows how to direct people and keep it orderly and organized and all that good stuff and equip people and put them in the right direction and, and, and just help them along the way. Weaknesses, pride again, could easily come along with that. Easily frustrated with others because why don't you get it? Why don't you get it? Like, I laid it out clear. It's, why don't you get it, right? And they can become callous. They can just become callous, right? Because it's, sometimes it's business. It's just business. Just do what I say. Just do what I say. Yeah, but I'm having a hard time. No, no, no. Get the job done, right? Like, they can have that. Sometimes administrators can, can become callous because they got to deal with stuff all the time, right? Anytime you're trying to organize something like sheep, you're probably going to get a little callous over time, right? You're like, why don't they get it? Why don't you listen to me, okay? But it's a tremendous gift, and it's absolutely needed within the body. Mercy, the ability to express compassionate, loving action and lift up the one who is downtrodden and to do it joyfully, okay? Example is from Matthew chapter 9. Jesus going through all the villages, and he was moved with compassion for those who were sick and had every, every, it says here, every disease among the people. He was healing them, right? He was moved by compassion for the people because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. That was Jesus demonstrating what mercy looks like. I don't even know how to say that one. L-E-E-O, okay? There you go. To have pity, to be compassionate, extend help for the consequence of sin, Right? Even though the person may be in a situation because of sin, somebody who has mercy knows how to long, come alongside them and extend help for them regardless of their situation. And before you think like, well, that doesn't sound right. Well, didn't Jesus do that to you? Hasn't he done that to all of us? Well, he wasn't waiting for us to get it right and to be perfect before he stepped into this world and helped us out, okay? So people who have to get the mercy, they they're able to, like, it's not that they approve the actions or what maybe led that person there. 
but they're able to see through that stuff initially to be there to help them out. Strengths. Uh, they, look, they look for the good in others. They want to remove hurts. They are motivated to help people out. Weaknesses. Indecisive. Why indecisive? Because there's so many hurts in the world. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know. Where do I start? Where do I start? What do I, there's so much. And they can become, because they become so over, these are impasse, right? Like you become so overwhelmed by all the things going on in the world. And as if like it's sometimes, it's somehow up to you to solve the problems. You can't. You can't. So sometimes it can make people who have this gift very indecisive. And they can be guided by emotion. And they are easily hurt by other people. They, they're easily hurt by other people, right? They, they wear their, sometimes, emotions on their sleeve. Okay, moving on to the next one. Evangelism. There are only a few more, I promise. Declaring or heralding the truth of God to bring people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. The example there is found in Acts chapter 2, okay? It's when Peter stands up and he preaches a message and lots of people end up getting saved. That Greek word, uh, you uh, I don't even know. I'm sorry. Greek-speaking people, I apologize. Preacher of the gospel is what this means. To announce the good news, to declare, to bring good tidings, right? Strengths, love to talk. They, these are people who love to talk to others about Jesus. They have a burden for the lost. They enjoy, enjoys being with unbelievers, Okay, I hope you don't have the gift of evangelism, but you hate hanging out with unsaved people because it's like something's not right within your brain, okay? Because they're the ones who need you the most. So you should feel okay with hanging out with them. And I'm not talking about like hanging out with them and participating in whatever they're doing. No, but be, you have to be with lost people. If you have the gift of evangelism and if you're just waiting for them to come to you, you've got it wrong. You've got it wrong. You go to them. That's how it is. You go to them. You bring them the good news, okay? Weaknesses. They can have the tendency to look down on other people who are not as enthusiastic or as outgoing as they are. What do you mean you don't want to go street witnessing? Well, you walk, you walk with the Lord. It's not that good. You're not that mature in the Lord. You're like, I just don't. It's not my thing. Like, I, listen, I'll tell people about Jesus, but no, no, we got to do this. Sometimes they can have a tendency to, to see themselves as being more spiritually mature than other people. And that's not necessarily true. Okay? They just may have this gift, this, this passion inside them. Pride can be another thing that goes along with that. All right, down to the, the last few. It's tongues. Spiritual ability to speak an unknown foreign language without learning it beforehand. To be used to bring praise to God strengthens your walk and gives you the power to commune with God on a deep spiritual level. Now, this isn't always just like a foreign language in an earthly language sense. I know that there are tongues that are like heavenly tongues. The book of Romans talks about that. Okay, so you can include all those things into here. Again, the reference there is from Acts chapter 10. He's there with the Gentiles and the Holy Spirit falls on them and people begin to speak in tongues, okay? That actually happened in Acts chapter 2 as well. And it happened a little bit later with Paul uh, and disciples of John, okay? Glossa is the word there, the Greek term tongue or language. Strengths, they enjoy prayer and they have a boldness in prayer because oftentimes this is when this gift is demonstrated. Weaknesses, it can create confusion, or overemphasis, if it's overemphasized or it's uncontrolled, okay? There can be an element of pride that goes along with that. And it could be experience-oriented or something, you know, along the lines of emotional, right? 
Um, we've seen this happen, you know, several times. Somebody on stage. Sometimes it's in a worship service, and then somebody starts speaking in tongues, I guess, is what it is. But there's no interpretation. And so you're like, okay, well, what was that? I, I'm not edified if I don't know what that was. We need this interpretation. That's the other gift. Provides meaning of an utterance in tongues by the Spirit without learning the language beforehand or whatever the scenario was. Hermeneia. This is closely related to hermeneutics, like studying the study of the Bible, right? And the preaching and proclamation of the Bible. But strengths, sensitivity to the Spirit's promptings and what God is saying while tongues are given, right? So as maybe somebody's giving a tongue or uttering a tongue, this person over here just in tune with the Spirit, and the Spirit's like, okay, so this is what they said. Now you stand up and say what they said, right? So there's that. There's also what God is saying while the tongues are given. The weaknesses, pride can be, you know, associated with that. Views tongues and interpretation as like the top gift. Like that's the one you want. That's the one you want. Although Paul would say like, wait, if, um, if we don't have love, then none of these things matter, right? So there's no like best gift. Although Paul would say prophecy was probably the best gift. But there's no sense in fighting over which one is better than the other. Uh, emotionalism is, can be associated with this as well, right? The, you know, the mood is going, and the emotions are high and all that good stuff, and then it's like somebody does something, and then somebody's caught up just in the emotions, and they think they have an interpretation of the tongue. But sometimes it's just like, hey, look at me, look at me, over here, hey, look at me, over here, right? I, this is what it means, and that may not be true, because that may have been gibberish. And what you said may just be explaining gibberish. I don't know, but... If they have the gift of tongues and if they have the gift of interpretation, it will make sense and God will get the glory and the church will be edified, okay? That's it, 18, that's it. Oh, I knew that was the last one, perfect. Okay, so listen, I know that's a lot of information, but I really wanted to make sure that I I could walk through definition-wise and all that good stuff so you can see some of those things. Now, there are other gifts that I didn't even cover. I didn't even mention. What about the gift of hospitality? Hey, are you good at having people over at your house? You're like, yeah, I really like that. Bingo, you got it. Okay, there you go. You probably have the gift of hospitality, okay? But there's many other gifts, but these are kind of like some primary ones, at least from 1 Corinthians 12 that were mentioned there, and in Romans chapter 12 as well. But I just want you guys to have a hopefully a clear understanding of what these things are, because you may have been able to pinpoint within there, as I was defining some of those things, like, well, that one sounds like me. Well, it might be you. So the best way to know, to take it the next step, what's the next step? The next step is seek to apply the gift that you think you might have, right? Seek to apply it. And then you'll know really quickly whether you have it or you don't, okay? But don't get discouraged if you, the one that you wanted, you don't have, right? Or the one you think you have, you don't have, and you tried and you failed miserably. Don't give up. Keep going. Just keep going. Because I tell you, when you find that sweet spot of like, man, this is what God has made me for. He has created me for this thing. Then uh, there's such a tremendous amount of freedom that goes along with that. Just knowing like, man, I, I was, I don't know, I can't explain how I do these things, but I know that this is God working in and through me. And that gives you vision. That gives you vision. It gives you direction. And, and then you're, it's clear. It's not so foggy, right? So now you can be like, okay, Lord, I'm going to go 100% in on this. 
and to you be the glory, and to you be the glory. Thanks for joining us today on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. We're currently in a series called Every Good Gift. No, it's not talking about birthday gifts or Christmas gifts. We're actually covering all of the different gifts that God gives to you on a continual basis. God's heart is to bless you and for you to use the gifts that He's given you to bring about blessing and abundance to those around you. Like a parent, God desires to give you an overflow of gifts because He loves you. Have you enjoyed this message and would like to hear it again? Well, you're welcome to do so at breadforthebroken.com. Once you're there, simply click on the Listen tab. While you're looking for this message, feel free to explore the other teachings by Pastor James as well. Bread for the Broken is a ministry of Calvary Galveston. If you're looking for a church that you can call home or simply want to connect and pray with someone, we would love to be that for you. You can get in touch with us by filling out the contact form at our website, breadforthebroken.com. Are you interested in visiting us at one of our services? Well, you'll find that information on our website as well. It would be so great to meet you and to hear how you learned about this ministry. Our time with you is up for today's edition, but we encourage you to tune in next time to hear more about those gifts that God has for you. Join us for some more encouragement, maybe some conviction, and a whole lot of God-inspired wisdom that comes from the Word of God. Open your heart and mind to hear what God has for you, right here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you.